Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. Today, we're going to be looking, or we're continue looking at the 10 lessons, and we come to lesson number three. And this is an interesting one. I've titled it, Talk is Cheap. But if I were going to expand upon that name, it would really be this. Your actions prove what part of your doctrinal statement you actually believe. Talk is cheap. Look at your actions and others' actions to see what they actually believe. But in order to abbreviate that, we're going to call it Talk is Cheap because otherwise that's a really long title. And I don't know how I would fit that on uh, you, you know, a thumbnail for uh, for this. So we're just going to call it Talk is Cheap. But before we get into all of that, we're going to be reading Jonah chapter 2 as we're going to continue our scripture reading that we started. And we're going to see that God is someone who didn't have cheap talk at all, but went forth with actions. When Jonah went and rebelled against him, he had quite a bit of actions by preparing, of course, a, a fish to swallow Jonah. But Jonah chapter 2, starting verse 1, it says this, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly, and he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me, Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The waters surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains, and the earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought me up, my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you, into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Will your actions prove what part of your doctrinal statement you actually believe? Talk is cheap. Look at your actions and others' actions to see what they really believe. And the first passage of Scripture that I want to look at while looking at this idea of talk is cheap is James chapter 2, verses 17 through 20. And it says this, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well, even the demons believe and tremble. But you do not want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead. Now, this whole idea of talk is cheap. I remember learning this uh, very early on. You see, uh, one of the the first ministries uh, that I started doing there um, in, in vocational ministry. Actually, this is even b- before getting paid for it when I was just uh, in internship. Me and a friend, we would go and do door-to-door and kind of see the same thing. And this is where you learn this kind of a lesson, is that you go door-to-door and you start talking to people. And if you're in America, you're talking to people. And the culture is, is that people politely agree with what they think that you want to hear, 
even if they have no intention of going and doing it. So we would go and you know be going door to door, inviting people to church, going door to door, inviting people to an event, going door to door, you know, asking to, to to pray for someone and and asking them if they if they know for sure that they're going to go to heaven or something like that. You know, all of these things. And, and there are so many people that I talk to that they said, "Yeah, I, I, you know, I'll show up to church. I'll show up to church. I'll come to that event. I'll go and do this. I'll go and do that." And they never show up. They never show up. They never showed up. They never showed up. In fact, it, this was such a lesson, and and I hope that you don't think I'm jaded because that's that's not where I'm going with this. But but it was such a lesson that I remember when I had a couple of interns. The very first day, I sat them down and I said, "I want you to know something. People lie, and they're going to lie to you. People lie, and they're going to lie to you. And that is because talk is cheap. Look at their actions." Look at their actions. And this is an interesting passage that we looked at in James chapter 2, verses 17 through 20, because it goes and it looks at this idea that faith without works is dead. And it's getting on this idea of don't just believe or, or uh, go with what people say. You need to go and to look at how their actions follow through. And the example that James gives is, of course, demons themselves. They believe that there is one God, Right. They do. They believe. They fear. They tremble. There's no doubt about it. They're, they're right and correct in their doctrine, as in stating their doctrine. But nobody would ever say that a devil is right in their heart. They're not. They're on their way to hell. They rejected God. And that's because true belief and true faith is much more than just in uh, in agreement with an orthodox statement. It's much more than even an intellectual assent of understanding something of this is how it is. It's much more than that. It must reach your heart, your inner being, your character. It must reach a level that changes you morally not just changes you intellectually or changes you emotionally. Emotions can get somebody to say the right thing. Intellect can get somebody to know the right thing, but until they have been convicted and changed morally, they will not actually truly have biblical faith or truly believe the right thing. And, and this is an interesting thing. Uh, theologically, there are a lot of people who go out and they really promote this idea of, uh, of uh, faith, 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 it's just faith, and um, uh, belief, 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 it's just belief, and repentance isn't necessary. I want to warn you against that. Repentance is necessary because we see here even demons believe. Even demons believe and tremble. Now, I do agree that real faith— Real belief will always bring about real repentance, and there is a cart and there is a horse. Nobody has ever gotten to heaven by going and just, you know, uh, morally reforming their life. That's that's true. It has to be God morally reforming their life. That has to be the beginning point when they realize, I cannot earn my way to heaven. You're not going to go and, and change your life enough to go and to get into heaven. 
The idea is, is that you have to go and to say, look, I can't make it to heaven on my own. I cannot save myself. So therefore, I must surrender, trust wholly in the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, and that will change me. And with that change, if I didn't have that change, there'd be no reason to believe that I had actually believed. That's one of the things there. This, this belief, this change assures that my belief was legitimate. But it's this idea that it goes and it changes you. You first repent of your own belief, and then that produces more repentance in your life where we're continually repenting and becoming more like Christ. But the second passage I want us to see today is Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20, and it says this, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, and every bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. To say something controversial, I know, might surprise you. I might say something controversial every once in a while. But you can know a man's heart. Just look at their actions. So many times you hear that phrase, well, I just can't know somebody's heart. Well, I just can't know somebody's heart. Well, Jesus says the opposite. He says, by their fruit, you will know them. You will know them. They bring forth bad things out of a bad heart, out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. See, you can tell if someone has given Jesus the key to their heart by looking at their life. And I know that's going to make some people mad because it, it makes some pretty big implications that, look, this person or that person or this person over there, this person that's your friend, your cousin, your aunt, your uncle, your brother, your sister, whoever it might be, you go and you look at it and you say, wow, I, I really like that person. I love that person a whole lot. How can you tell me that, that they haven't given their heart to Jesus? Well, it's not because I'm sitting out here trying to just rain on everybody's parade, but it's because Jesus says, by their fruit, you will know them. And if you look at their fruit and it's right rotten or it's fake or, or my goodness, it's just barren and there's nothing there, then you know that that person has not given the key of their heart to Jesus Christ. You know that they have not actually believed in Jesus Christ because by their fruit, you will know them. And a lot of People in my life uh, over the years have accused me of, of changing my doctrine sometimes. I, I, I don't know why people have accused me of doing that. I, I really, I, I mean, uh, my doctrine has maybe grown in, in, in some places and things like that. But one of the first sermons I preached, I, I preached uh, and I said from the pulpit, I was preaching on praying for our, um, for our elected leaders, imagine that, me preaching a political sermon. Oh boy, yep, I changed so much, right? Uh, I went and I, and I preached that Barack Obama was not saved and we needed to pray for his salvation. And afterward, I, I remember going and, and having a meeting with someone afterwards and they were upset uh, with, with the sermon because I was asserting that I knew Barack Obama's heart and you can't know Obama's heart. You just can't know somebody's heart. Well, 
the guy's an evil guy. He's not saved. We know that. I know that. And I don't, I mean, I, and I am certain the person I'm talking to actually knows that, but it's the question of, can we make a definitive statement? Well, we can, because Jesus says we can, we will know them. Not that we'll have a good guess about them. Not that, you know, we could, we could probably almost guess, but we can't really be sure. No, we can know them because by their fruit, you will know them. And we know that he's an evil, wicked man who promotes the, the murder of children, who promotes sexual deviancy, who promotes theft. I mean, this man is promoting the opposite of the, of the Ten Commandments. He's not saved. He's not saved. You can know them by their fruit. But let's make it personal. Because it's not just that you can look out and know other people, but it's also that you can look in the mirror and you can know your heart. You see, this means that your actions will show what is really on your doctrinal statement. You know, personally in my life, it, it was this truth that really hit me with a preborn. This is this is what drove me to go and to be out front of uh of Planned Parenthoods to go and to do that because, you know, I was pro-life. I mean, I'd always been been pro-life. I've always been going and, and holding firm on, on that line and everything like that. In fact, uh, even at this point in time, I, I had been, you know, writing letters to legislators and I had been even writing articles on why other people should be pro-life. But it was when Pastor Matt Truella looked out and he said, what are you doing? to love your preborn neighbor. And I know love is a choice and it's an action. It's, you know, could we just really go and say, for God so loved the world and leave it there? No, it's for God so loved the world that he gave, he did something, his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Can you imagine if God went and he was like, oh, I just love you so much, but I'm not going to provide a way of salvation for you. But, but don't worry, I, I just want you to know on your way to hell, I just, I love you. No, we'd go, well, that's not love because you have you you have the ability, you have the power to go and to do something, and yet you're choosing not to do it, and yet you're telling me that you love me. Do you know what I would say to that? I would say, talk is cheap, and your actions betray your doctrinal statement, but we know God did do something. But at that point in time, I looked at my life, and I knew I wasn't doing what was within my ability. I wasn't doing what was in my power, that I could stand up for the preborn and that I should stand up for the preborn because I love the preborn and I'm going to love my neighbor. But maybe that's not where God's working in your life. Maybe he's working somewhere else in your life and he's convicting you of something else. What is it in your life that you need to look at and maybe you hold this belief, you would say this belief, but your actions don't line up with it. Husbands, is it that you say, I need to love my wife, but then you haven't really done anything to love your wife? Wife, is it that you're saying you need to respect your husbands, but you're not really respecting your husbands? Is it that you're saying, look, you need to go and share the gospel, 
but you couldn't say the last time that you shared the gospel with someone? What is it in your life that you look at and you have written down on your doctrinal statement, but your actions betray? I just want to challenge you and let you know even demons believe and tremble. But that doesn't mean it's really on their doctrinal statement. Your actions prove what part of your doctrinal statement you actually believe. What are your actions saying about what you believe today? Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. But even in darkness, we hold to the promise There's nothing we can't overcome So that war you've been fighting will end in God's timing Sing like the battle's been won Then you feel it, the song that is rising Then you can't help but let it out If you're trusting in faith is all